Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show, season two, episode eight. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. That's not no Beck, but we've got Alex and Stacey here. And guys, it's a pretty special episode. And I guess, you know, we had some indications that this might be the case last week and uh, we've been sort of mulling over it, but it's officially official. Tom Brady has announced his retirement. So let's get straight into our listener questions from the DMs. As always, continue to shoot through your questions. We do answer them on the show and we do appreciate them coming through. So the listeners, they want to know, Stacey, Alex, they want to know our thoughts on this, on this Tom Brady situation, his retirement. And the question is, what's your favorite moment from Tom Brady's career? Uh, Alex, going to start with you. I think for me, I mean, there's quite a few and they involve his losses more than anything <laughs> else, um, which is fair. I mean, no one can, you know, everyone remembers that picture where he's just kind of sitting slumped over after losing the Super Bowl. Like, that's a great one. But for me, it's when the Bears beat the Buccaneers by one point and Tom Brady, you know, got confused whether it was third down or fourth down. Um, so it's always nice when the Bears can get that that big win against, you know, this big Super Bowl champ, Tom Brady. So, yeah, I think for me, that's my favorite moment yeah. um, against Tom Brady for sure is when the Bears beat him. I, I may or may not have been uh, punting on that uh, <laughs> on that one and was a little bit disappointed that uh, the Bears got the win there, uh, gamble responsibly. Look, in terms of my favorite moment, there's been so many. Uh, I'm a Patriots supporter. Tom Brady got me into the sport. So, um, you know, it, it's, been a, it's been an incredible ride. Look, for me... Some things that come to mind is that picture from the combined, you know, this gangly, skinny little guy, uh, I, I, you know, that that comes to mind. But I, I just can't go past, and I hate to say it as a Patriots supporter, but it was actually his last Super Bowl uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, again, I, I think like a lot of Patriots fans, we'd sort of seen a little bit of decline in terms of our team, and we kind of attributed a lot of that to Tom Brady. And, and sort of we saw this kid, this flashy Patrick Mahomes come out of nowhere and suddenly he was appointed the next GOAT, you know, the, 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 the best player potentially we've ever seen. And then you put them on the biggest stage and Tom Brady, he just blew everyone away. Now, you know, a lot of people will give um, the credit to the defense quite rightly within that Super Bowl, but I thought Tom Brady was outstanding in terms of how he CEO'd the whole situation, how he rebuilt that franchise from the ground up, got them into that position in his first year, Unbelievable. Seven rings. Uh, hard to imagine we'll ever see that again. Uh, Stacy, my fellow Patriots supporter, <laughs> uh, day of mourning here on the Mojo Sports Podcast. But, uh, yeah, what was your favorite moment from his career? Yeah, I, you know, I had my time to mourn last week when it was unofficially al- announced. Um, but today the grief has kind of subsided knowing that he signed a one-day contract and he will retire as a Patriot. So that kind of makes me a little bit happy. Um but I don't think you can go to any team in the league or any fan of any team in the league who doesn't have a moment against or for Tom Brady, which I think is so exceptional. There's always going to be one fan from one game when it was like, I can't believe Tom Brady beat me again. But, uh, you know, for me, it was that Atlanta Super Bowl uh, coming back from a 28-3 to uh, deficit to win in overtime. Uh, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And, it was that kind of game where it just was a roller coaster and 
you didn't know what you were watching and then all of a sudden it was just that was the greatest you know comeback in Super Bowl history and one of the one of the reasons why he's the goat all right guys let's jump into our first segment for tonight all ball every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities but who stands out above the rest Rogers gonna air it out Ready play action What separates really good players from great players, the biggest games, the greatest stage, I think that's what playing quarterback's all about. Yeah, and there he is this week on All Ball where we focus in on a particular player. Who else but the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, as he announces his retirement on what has been an incredible career. Alex, I'm going to start with you because let's rewind this all the way back. And when you think about... You know, throwing a player into a lab, creating this, uh, creating a player, uh, and then thinking about what it would take to build someone who would go on to be the greatest athlete, the greatest player to ever play a sport. You probably wouldn't have thought Tom Brady would have fitted into that, into that, uh, into that category at the start of his career. Take us all the way back to college, and um, yeah, tell us a little, little bit about his uh, his backstory. Yeah, so he's a Michigan alum. Uh, played for the Wolverines for four years. He was like. I think what was interesting for me when I was kind of looking back at Brady's early career was that he spent all four years at Michigan, which I think nowadays is just, it's not really heard of when you look at the college system. Um, So that was kind of interesting to see, you know, he was at Michigan from 96 to 99. He went 395 completions for 638, 4,773 yards, average 7.5, had 30 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, you know, when he was there, the Wolverines went 40 and nine, including a 20 and five record when Brady moved into the starting role as a junior and a senior. And his junior year, he went 10 and three with Michigan and went 10 and two in his senior career. But he never won a national championship, which, you know, I, I guess I think if he was kind of looking back and gone, there's anything he's kind of missing, he's missing that college, you know, um, that college championship. But uh, clearly, I don't think, you know, that's probably like couch change as far as you know the the stuff he's been able to accomplish in his career so I don't think he's probably missing that too much um drafted by the Patriots in the sixth round I think that's the big thing when you talk to people nowadays about Brady and they're like oh he must have gone like really really early in the draft and you know he even talks about it a lot and that's still something that kind of sits with him I think every season every day that he would put on those pads is that you know he said it, I think, even in a, a press conference when he talked about picking the Bucks, you know, at one point that, you know, so many teams passed on what he knew he could offer them. And I think he always kind of, especially in the first couple, you know, seasons he did play for the Patriots, he played with that chip on his shoulder. And I think what's scary with a player like Brady is all he needed was that shot, right? He needed that shot. He needed that starting quarterback as far as Drew Bledsoe who was the starting quarterback at New England when he came on board to, to something needed to happen, right? Because he wasn't kind of going to get picked as the starter. He needed Drew to kind of get injured. And lo and behold, you know, fourth quarter against the Jets when Mo Lewis came in and knocked him unconscious, you know, that was Brady's moment uh, to go in and shine. And I think that's the scary thing with a player like Brady is that, you know, he was like, I just need one shot. I need one shot to show you why I'm the best. And to show everybody else why they messed up on passing on me as a quarterback. 
I think it's it's fascinating too because if you actually like when you go back and look at those early years, you know, uh, I think they made it to one of the championship games in 2001 after he took over from Drew Bledsoe. And it was, <clears throat> I think it was, uh, I can't remember exactly the situation, but they were thinking whether to start Tom Brady because they were like, you know, yes, he's filled in, he's done a great job, but are we going to let him play in this championship game? And let's not forget that, you know, he was one of the youngest quarterbacks to ever win a Super Bowl in his second year in the 2022 Super Bowl against the Rams. And he wasn't a flashy guy. He didn't put up massive numbers. And I think that's where where we should start is sort of reflecting on, you know, we're talking about, you know, arguably the greatest player ever across all sports. You know, it's incredible what Tom Brady's achieved. But if we take it all the way back to where it started, we're talking about a six-round draft pick. And a guy who, when you think about the the depth chart when he arrived in New England, he was fourth or fifth on the depth chart. My question to you, Alex, is are we ever going to see that again? It just doesn't appear to be in the modern-day NFL culture. You know, you you might sort of go out and trade a young rookie and he'll sit behind a veteran for, for a year or two, but, you know, fourth or fifth on the depth chart and for someone to come in, take a job, dominate a job, what Tom Brady did at the start of his New England career it's incredible, and it's just one of the things that we're probably never going to see again. Yeah, I definitely think that goes with, you know, the time of football at that point. You know, it was very much pocket passers. You know, there weren't many, you know, quarterbacks that kind of ran and, and moved about. You know, there wasn't that kind of shifty Mahomes that we see now and Mark Jackson and those types of players. Um, so I think that's kind of – a testament to him, but that's also that era, right? And when you look at kind of young quarterbacks too, there's so much movement as far as college football goes. And there's so much movement as far as teams go with young players and getting that opportunity. I think now is so hard, especially when you have veteran quarterbacks. Like if you have a new younger quarterback, maybe it's probably a bit easier, but I think when you're looking at the likes of Seattle who had Russell Wilson and anyone who was sitting under Tom Brady, like, if you were sitting under Tom Brady, you knew you weren't really going to get any any kind of playing time except maybe on the practice squad. I completely agree with that. And it's, you know, you, you said that that was that era of quarterbacks and it's, you know, it's finally an end of an era. I mean, no Big Ben, no Drew Brees, no Peyton Manning, no Eli Manning, no Philip Rivers, and now no Tom Brady. Like that's, that's, that's the guys that we grew up with watching, you know, and, and, the way that the NFL has evolved into kind of that dual threat running back, uh, dual threat quarterback kind of offensive fast mentality. I mean, you have to have props to a guy for sitting with the one thing for 22 years and it working for 22 years. Yeah, absolutely. And all right, guys, well, let, let's fast forward now and start to kind of reflect on this unbelievable career in New England. And I guess it it comes back to uh, something you mentioned earlier, Stacey, and that was his evolution as a quarterback, because the reality is, is those first couple of Super Bowls, he was, and I know this is probably, this is pretty uh, controversial to say it, but he was just a guy. He was a game manager. He was someone that came in, didn't make mistakes, managed, managed the the situation. He had amazing uh, defenses, not so much offense, uh, and obviously, uh, arguably the greatest coach of all time. So Alex, just your reflections on some of those early Super Bowls, because um, I guess the direct question I've got for you is what Super Bowl did you feel like Tom Brady flipped the switch in terms of he went from a guy who was a game manager to, you know, really maturing into a guy that, you know, ultimately won a Super Bowl for New England? 
I think you got to look at the 04 or 05 seasons because, I mean, you go back-to-back. And that's the last time a quarterback's been able to go back-to-back in, you know, since however long they've been having Super Bowls, right? So that's the last kind of – I guess that's the latest back-to-back Super Bowl that we've had, and Tom Brady was the winner of both of those. So I think that I think it was that moment for me as a fan where I was like, okay – it's fine to maybe win it once and then have a couple of breaks, right? And then win it again, which is what he had. But up until like 04, 05, like it was Brady and it was the Patriots. And I think after that 05 Super Bowl, it was always like, it's, you know, the Patriots are always the favorite to be in the Super Bowl, I think, from 05. So I think that was maybe his kind of defining moment where he was on that that, that different level of being probably one of the greatest quarterbacks to exist because, you know, you have to be doing something right as a quarterback and as a franchise. If your name, when people are looking at preseason or even before preseason, people are going, who are your, you know, too early to pick Super Bowl contenders and you're always picking Tom Brady and the Patriots. Definitely. And, you know, Brady's first Super Bowl with the Rams in 2002, I mean, that wasn't a flashy game. Uh, you know, he, he, like you said, Dan, he managed the whole thing, right? He, he didn't throw for a lot. The score was low. It was, they won 2017, but they were the heaviest of heaviest underdogs going against this such a dominant Rams team from the early 2000s. And it was one of the biggest upsets in Super Bowl history from back then but you're completely right Alex the 2004 Patriots coming up against the Panthers in that Super Bowl this was the team and this was the team that set the dynasty for the next decade and you know the game you know they won 32-29 yeah 32-29 against the Panthers and this was a game that defined Brady he took he took charge and not just managed the game, but he exploded as a player and a leader. You know, this was one of those games where you can say he won that game, one of many, where you can go, he won that game. And I guess that's kind of when everyone, like you said, Alex, took, you know, took him seriously and they've gone, okay, maybe this guy's a keeper. You know, he threw over threw for over 300 yards that game with three touchdowns. And then moving on to 2005, coming up against the Eagles, it wasn't an exceptional game for Brady that season, but the Patriots' offense ran complicated schemes, hard-nosed, run-the-ball, dogfight football, and their defense was just as good, if not better. But then you come up to 2008 versus the Giants, and as far as we can see, the Giants are Brady's kryptonite. Eli Manning is Brady's kryptonite. You know, you get you know the craziest things happen in these Super Bowls. You've got the helmet catch. And then if you move on to 2012 against the Giants, again, another loss. And what I find fascinating about that is the competitiveness between Brady and Peyton Manning is even more interesting and pretty funny that it's Eli is the only Manning brother to ever beat Brady in a Super Bowl. And I think that's just hilarious. It's, it's definitely definitely an interesting interesting uh, little bit of history there that will still irk Tom Brady uh, even today. And I guess, I guess the next thing to kind of cover is this concept of Tom Brady leveling up in terms of his play. And that's a, that's a bit of a theme of sort of what we've spoken about. Started off as game manager, started to pick it up. And then to your point, Alex, it suddenly went from just a guy to, you know, leading, leading uh, the teams through to Super Bowl victories. Uh, adversity along the way, um, you know, the, the perfect season, you know, that was, you know, if we reflect on all of the amazing teams that he's been on, that that season against uh, the New York Giants, um, you know that 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 was the that was 
so close in terms of uh, the Patriots' ability to kind of win that, get that perfect record. That didn't happen. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about was the knee injury, the ACL injury. Again, it, it's a different time now. We talk about ACL injuries as if it's a, 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 a rolled ankle. Alex, back then, this was serious stuff. You know, you do your ACL, you're in a lot of trouble back then. Talk to us about that, you know, even your own reflections of, of that time in Tom Brady's career and – I guess no one could have expected that he could have returned from such a devastating knee injury and, you know, continue to level up in his career. Yeah, I think now when you kind of have those serious injuries, like, oh, it's okay, they've got people around them and they've got the right kind of science and training behind them. And I'm sure the way that they even fix ACLs now is probably very different to how they fix ACLs in, in 08. And the recovery time is probably you're probably on your feet probably quicker nowadays than you were probably back then. But, you know, there's always that kind of joke about his training, right. That they still use where he just does a lot of like the band work. He doesn't really, you know, he doesn't do like the heavy grunt lifting that maybe like, you know, I just imagine like him and Gronk in the gym. Right. And Gronk's like benching, like, you know, 200 and Tom Brady's just there with, you know, his little resistance bands doing his bicep curls. Like, I wonder if, you know, that, that training has something to do with it, but you know, yeah, you kind of look at that, that knee injury and I guess maybe the Patriots probably thought, oh, we might be in trouble here because you just, you, you didn't know back then whether you're going to be able to come back and be the same type of player. But I guess also when you look at, again, his style of football, he wasn't really someone who ran. So I guess it maybe wasn't really as much of a concern then because they're like, okay, well, we'll just get him aligned in front of him so we can protect him a bit more, but he's not going to be doing a lot of moving. So I think maybe now if he had that ACL injury and he was a, a mobile quarterback, there would probably be, you know, way more concern. But I think then it was kind of like, okay, we'll get him fixed. We'll get him some R&R. He probably could have needed the R&R mentally as well. Um, so I think it was, it was good for him. But yeah, I think there might've been a kind of collective oh, we're going to be okay. And then, you know, I guess it's just Tom Brady. He was always going to be able to bounce back mentally and get that that hunger for it. Well, it wasn't just that. It was, you know, it was that new kind of training regime that he picked up with, you know, the the master of all injury management and the TB12 method and, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's not that, that isn't the only injury that's sort of like misadventure that's come his way. I mean, if you think about 2018, you know, when he suffered that, uh, that, that laceration in his thumb right you know and that was bad like I was watching the Tom Brady documentary I think it's what's it called the man the man in the mirror man in the mirror and like the photos of that like it was nasty like the the ball all he'd done is he'd gone to give a handoff and the ball had ripped the skin and slashed his thumb um you know and that was the Wednesday leading up to the AFC championship in 2018 he still had stitches and he still played you know, yeah, it's and he, just, and he still had to go out and face, you know, one of the a, a tough Jacksonville Jaguars defense that was kind of historic and 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 did it did it absolutely in style. All right, guys, and, and a couple of more topics just quickly, just to touch on because there is so much here. Is we we suddenly we, we think we're at the peak, uh, Stacey, when we reflect on some of our own, uh, I guess, Patriot Super Bowls. Let's talk about his historically great, his historic greatness in the fourth quarter. Uh, let's talk quickly. We, we, we spoke about it at the, at the, at the start of, of, of the episode, but 
the Atlanta Super Bowl, Seattle, his ability to lead his teams back in the biggest games, in the biggest moments, ultimately that that's kind of what separates him for, from a lot of quarterbacks. Oh, completely. And the thing with Brady for me is like where he sits in NFL history, like he's amongst some of the best players that the game has ever seen, you know, the likes of Joe Montana, Steve Young, you know, and these are the quarterbacks that the game that we see now is being built on. I mean, you don't want to give Brady the ball with any less than a minute. Like he would just rip you to shreds and he's so smart about it. And the fact that his team trusts him enough to go, yep, okay, yes, sir, let's go, you know, get set, swipe the ball, do what we've got to do, just make some yardage. And then it often does come down to that field goal. You know, in, in the early days it was, you know, Adam Vinatieri, uh, who was a massive part in a couple of their Super Bowls. But, you know, <clears throat> that Falcons game was another reminder that the Patriots actually never make it easy on themselves when they go to a Super Bowl. But you can never, ever also count out one of the greatest quarterbacks that's, you know, that's ever lived. And I think you got to talk about, too, when they're down, right, and they always pan to Brady and he's sitting on the bench and he has that look and he's just sitting there with his head down. And I think, like, that just became his, like, his tell. And even when, you know, in the last couple of years and the last couple of Super Bowls when he was down or even in regular season games when he was down, even the commentators were like, oh, that's not, you know, like – in the commentary face guys he's doing he's doing the face exactly like he's pulling the face he's he's ready to step on the field so yeah he's just not someone considering when like he came on for his first game and he had two minutes to go and he threw an incomplete pass on the buzzer like you look at that in his first game against the jets to now when he has two minutes and the guy's gonna go all the way down the field and score if not get you a field goal so it's just something that i think he's really kind of owned as a QB right with that facial expression with that moment it's and they always say it too you don't want to be giving Brady the ball back with him two minutes a minute 50 you know on the clock definitely definitely not so he he, he dominates the league he wins uh six Super Bowls with the New England Patriots and then he breaks all of our hearts well all of the hearts of the New England Patriots supporters and he decides to to move on and I guess just quickly, you know, some of the logistics around that is you can't, you can't blame Tom. Uh, I, I guess, the, the, you know, we, we sort of we, – we have forgiven him uh, for moving on because he took pay cuts his entire career to really give Bill Belichick the opportunity to kind of maximise his roster. Yet you look at some of these teams that won these Super Bowls and it's it, it, it's perplexing. You know, these were not – you know, besides the, the almost perfect season that Tom Brady had where he had Randy Moss, these were, you know, less than, less than uh, I, I guess – above average, you know, football team. So it just got to a point where there was just no support, no weapons um, on the offensive side. And I think, obviously, he had a bit of a strained relationship with Bill Belichick. So he moves on and joins, historically, one of the worst franchises in the NFL. You know, when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers holistically, they have not done a whole lot. Alex, just quickly, year one, he goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but, hey, let's just make things a little bit more difficult because, again, you, you think of, you, you go back to that time, you know, he was starting to decline. That's what the narrative was. It was the right time for the Patriots to kind of move on. He moves to Tampa Bay, one of the poorest franchises, and then we get hit by a global pandemic. I guess it, it was it was a very, very challenging circumstance. Talk to us about those early days at Tampa Bay and then what was to come. 
Yeah, I'm sure it was just <laughs> Tom Brady going to Tampa and then kind of, you know, all of that hitting at the one time. It was you know, a bit bit of a shock to everybody's system, I'm sure. Um, Tom blame COVID. I'm, no, 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 I wasn't, Brady I wasn't blaming COVID on Tom Brady's move to the Buccaneers. That's not what I was doing. I was just saying that's a lot to take but, in but, as a country. But guys, remember, remember, like, you know, he wasn't even allowed to train with his – with his teammates, there were stories where he was heli- helicoptering into to high school football fields and secretly meeting with his receivers. I mean, just to add like a, a another level of complexity. No, no preseason games, uh, but again, the, the goat goats. I mean, I, I, again, like his press conference too. Like one pre- press conference, I think in his first year there, we talks about people always asking him why the Bucks, and he mentions you know that draft situation where every team passed on, him and he goes. Why not the box for him? That was a no brainer. So I think he wanted again, chip on the shoulder. Everyone's like, there's no way he's going to be able to go to a team and like the Buccaneers and be able to take him to a Super Bowl. And I think he's one of those players where he's like, watch me, you know, and to be able to bring Gronk out of retirement, you know, and I said this to Stace when do it, do it Edelman, um, retired too. I said 50 bucks says, you know, Tom tries to get him to come to the Bucks, and then, you know, Monday Night Football, he's sitting there with the pen, um, uh, but, no, Eli it, and, you know, talking about how he tried to get him to come to the Buccaneers. It's incredible. And not only that, a Gronk, look, a Gronk looked completely broken when he was in New England. He looked like a hundred year old man. He goes to Tampa and then suddenly, you know, he, he sort of, you know, he's 10 years younger and, and playing outstanding and being a big part of that. So, yes, Tom Brady goes on, wins a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unbelievable in terms of how he's able to achieve that. A couple of little things within that is that they the t- Tampa Bay weren't sort of traveling too well until Tom, Tom Brady went to the front office and said, hey, uh, you know, Give me the playbook. Let me manage this. And he sort of changed the offensive scheme there in Tampa Bay, and you immediately saw a turnaround. Uh, and then you even fast forward to his final year here, and you know there were so many things that went against Tampa Bay this year, and it just goes to show how difficult it is to go back-to-back. But then, Alex, just very, very quickly on, on, on this one, you know, you, you think about his last ever game, and... You know, everyone is everyone is kind of thinking the same thing. This game should have been a blown out, you know, a blowout. Tom Brady should have last, lost his last game by 30, 40 points. But again, Tom Brady, he was he was this close to, I guess, a little bit of a fairy tale finish. Yeah, and he talks about it too in his retirement about having that that championship mentality and that competitive mentality. And I think you saw it in the last game in his face. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of went this could be the last one because I think when you've looked at Brady before, as far as past seasons, he just hasn't had that. I'm exhausted. Look, he had that in his final game where I think he just didn't, not that he couldn't have come back and won that game. I definitely think he could have, but I think also got to a point where that competitive nature, he was like, it, he just looked like he was done after that game. Yeah. You know, he gave everything and and that, that final pass, that, that final touchdown to, uh, you know, uh, tie things up against the Rams with 40 seconds left on the qu- uh, clock, quarter four, fourth quarter, you know, the, it, it was another unbelievable performance and probably, you know, uh, you know, Tom Brady, you know, sort of walks away still at the very, very top of his game. And I think that's probably the, the, the best and uh, the best takeaway, um, you know, you wouldn't like to see him sort of struggle at the very end and he was able to 
not go out with a, with a, with a Super Bowl win, but hey, he's got seven of them. I, I don't really think he needs any more. So an unbelievable career there from Tom Brady. All right, guys, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and guys, a, a quick and very interesting match tonight as we have a look at Tom Brady v. Bill Belichick. And the question I've got for you in the match is, who who should take more credit for the six Super Bowl wins in New England. And and this has been a debate that's been going on for decades because Bill Belichick, he's known as, you know, the greatest uh, one of, or, you know, arguably the, the greatest NFL coach of all time. And Tom Brady, certainly in that situation as a player. Stacey, I'm going to start with you because I know you've probably got mixed feelings about this one as a Patriots supporter. But yeah, in terms of the match, we cannot sit on the fence. We've got to pick pick one here. Where are you going here? Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, who deserves more credit when it comes to all the Super Bowls that were won in New England? I mean, it kind of goes against my mantra, which is defense wins championships, right? Like Bill Belichick is arguably one of the best coaches, if not the best defensively minded coach that we've ever seen. But, I mean, if you look back through the Super Bowl winning record, you know, the games that they lost were a result of the defense. I mean, Tom Brady paid perfectly in the 2018 loss to the Eagles, right, except dropping the Philly special only to have Nick Foles run the exact same play and catch it for the game-winning touchdown. I mean, he still played an impressive game. It was infallible aside from that one thing, but defense lost them the game on that one. But for me, it kind of also goes back to the types of players that, you know, that have played underneath Brady and Bill Belichick couldn't have couldn't have worked that magic. I mean, if you look at Gronk, for example, he's caught like 109 touchdown passes from Tom Brady. Like you look at all the other receivers that he's worked with and who have moved on to other, you know, he, he's made his players successful. He was unselfish in the way that he ran himself and his team and the way that he threw the ball around and his willingness to <clears throat> just, you know, to coach up the younger generation. Um, so for me, it's it's Tom Brady. He, he deserves more credit as much as I love Belichick. Yeah, look, it's hard to disagree. I'm going to go with Tom Brady as well because I just feel like, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, obviously taking nothing away and an amazing coach, but I, I just don't feel like he could have done what he did without Tom Brady and not for the reasons that you would think. I actually think it's more for off the field. Bill Belichick is a hard ass. He is very, very difficult to work with. He's surly. He's very, very hard on his players. He has a very, very strict culture. He's cut people for being late during hurricane. You know, we, we've heard all the horror stories, but Tom Brady's ability to kind of pull players together and say, look, you know, he's he's equally hard on me. Stick with me. Fight through it. I just feel like if it wasn't for Tom Brady talking to all the players and guiding them through that, I feel like Bill Belichick's sort of hardline stance, it... It's something that is pretty tiring and, you know, you can get a season or two out of it, but we were able to sustain that level of success. And then, it again, I just go back to those fourth quarters. You know, things have typically always gone against New England. Uh, that's subject to a lot of, uh, you know, that a lot of people probably think a little bit differently thinking about all their success. But pa- the Patriots have been in some really bad situations uh, time in, time out, year in, year out, and Tom Brady has found a way. So, look, Tom Brady for me, but... Uh, Bill Belichick, he's got a new shiny toy there in Mac Jones. And if he goes on and wins quite a few more Super Bowls there, um, maybe we can reevaluate. But yeah, Tom Brady for me, and it's not particularly close. Alex, are we going to get a clean sweep here? Or uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on this, Bill v. Tom? 
Yeah, it's a tough one, right? Because you look at as you as you both mentioned, like Tom Brady has definitely been that player that's been able to carry his teammates with him. Um, and I definitely think when you get into those two minute situations and you do those two minute drills in training, right, that comes down to mentality of the players, which is something you can't coach. You can't coach mentality. So these players either have it or they don't. Now, on the flip side of that, right, Belichick is the one creating the plays and the game day kind of run sheet of what they're going to do based on the personnel he has and the personnel he has a quarterback and what Brady can do and what his receivers can do and what his line can do. So he's putting Brady in a system where he can excel, or at least he's giving Brady the tools to go, here's how you can be, how we can best utilize your offense or our offense. I'm sorry, but if you give me a shovel and I grow flowers it's not because you gave me the shovel. True, but I mean, you still got to un- have some understanding of the tools around you outside of just the shovel. Like, you know, you got <laughs> so like if I gave you a shovel and you, you know, didn't really know how to dig with the shovel, you know, and I was the one that <laughs> then like I said, it goes but like I'm trying to show from both angles here, you know, like <laughs> So I think, look, at the end of the day, it does come down to mentality. And so I am going to give credit to Brady for that one. I do think without Brady, you know, there's a great book called Upon Further Review where you go, you know, it talks about sports, you know, greatest what ifs. And it was like, okay, well, what if Tom Brady never went in for Drew Bledsoe, you know, and it talks about what could have happened. You know, Brady might not be the player and Belichick could have gotten fired and all that stuff could have happened. So I think you can't have one without the other. I think they both made each other the exceptional coaches and players that they are. But I think, as I said previously, you can't coach mentality. And I think Brady just had something a little bit different that he could get the players to buy into that Belichick maybe probably just couldn't quite do without Brady. It really, it's, it sounded like a Harry Potter movie. I mean, you can't have one without the other. They can't coexist without each other. But, I mean, you have to give a little more to Brady given that he went to the Bucks and did the exact same thing, right? Like, and I feel like he kind of did that just to put that nail in the coffin and be like, it is me, guys. It's me. Hey. Well, when you've played, like, every, like, you want the chance to play every team, right? And now Brady has. Like, you can't, you can't retire a... a a Patriot and go, I've played every team. It's like, well, you haven't played the Patriots. So, you know, can, you know, can you go and take the team and go beat Bill Belichick? And he was able to do that. So yes, in that regard, when you look at that scenario, I think Brady was definitely the, the, the defining factor there. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, guys, and this week on Rapid Fire, interesting one for you. You know, there's some jobs in this world that you just wouldn't like to have. And the question I've got for you this week on Rapid Fire is where to now for the Bucks? Who replaces Tom Brady in Tampa Bay? Good luck to this individual. Uh, Alex, got a few names, got a few options out there, but, uh, yeah, where are you going here? Um, I think when you've got so many youngsters still on your team, going young quarterback is not the right way to go. Um, I think for me, I think they should work out a trade with the 49ers to get Jimmy G into that franchise. I think, you know, He'll still be okay. I don't think he'll be kind of the standout, but he might be a good replacement while you're trying to figure out what you want to do post Tom Brady while still getting you 
wins. So I would go uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, for, if that's a pretty good call. Look, for me, it's a complete teardown rebuild, and it's hard to believe, you know, because they were so close this year. But I really feel like BA, you know, he, his heart's not in it without without Tom Brady. He sort of came back into coaching. So for me, I, I think BA is probably going to move on, if not this year, probably next year, um, you know, which will give, uh, you know, probably Leftwich, you know, an opportunity to, to step up in that before he – before Tampa Bay kind of lose him. So I think that that's a really important piece. The defense, that's going to have to be flipped. That That's getting very, very old. Chris Goldwyn will probably leave during free agency. So I just think you tear down this thing, you probably bring in a younger quarterback and, you know, expectations lower to, you know, in terms of a longer-term rebuild. In terms of the player I've got my eye on, probably Matt Corral at this point in time. But, look, I'm not saying that with a lot of confidence. There are a lot of question marks in and around this next draft class. So for me, Matt Corral, a complete teardown possibly looking at Byron Leftwich as well in that head coaching role. Uh, Stacey, you get the final say on this one. Very, very difficult position. You don't want to be the guy that replaces Tom Brady. Yeah, thoughts on this one? Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. You, d- you don't want to be the guy that has to replace a legend. I mean, the Patriots definitely had a had a harder time to try and find someone to fill that position, but I think Cam Newton did a great job as a speed bump. Um but for this, I don't. I actually like. Yes, the Bucks had success, but they didn't build their franchise around Tom Brady. It was a we're winning, we're winning now, and this is this is what we've got to do. And I, I feel like this conversation would have happened earlier, you know, between Tom Brady and whoever. That's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. If we don't do it again this year, then I'm done. Whatever. So I feel like they've kind of had a little bit of a chance to do that. But the player that I'm kind of looking out for at the moment is uh, North Carolina's quarterback, Sam Howell. Mm. Um, The reason why is that he's a little bit undersized, um, which is okay. I mean, we're looking at undersized guys in, uh, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, Justin Fields, uh, Jalen Hurts, like not your typical six foot X, you know, massive arm, all that kind of stuff. But he showed in the, in his senior bowl he showed a lot of different parts of his games he lost a whole heap of offensive weapons he elevated those guys around him and and you know i think he'd be a pretty good option for the bucks all right guys look that's all the time we have tonight just want to thank my amazing panel talking all things tom brady retirement i can't believe we've we've arrived here and i think you know just sort of reflecting on it quickly I, i just feel like not only have we seen the greatest player of all time, but we're very, very confident that no one's ever going to achieve what he achieved. So I think we've lived through history. I think it's a pretty special time. And the fact that we'll be able to tell our kids about, you know, the, this, this player called Tom Brady and all that he achieved. So um, yeah, thank you, Brady. Uh, we know you're an avid listener of Mojo Sports. We appreciate your support and we appreciate you, our listeners for continuing to support the podcast. Keep downloading the podcast, sharing with family and friends. And until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.